One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, when will it end? It's the Luke and Pete show. Pete Donaldson with you, joined by Mr. Luke Moore. How are you, Luke Moore? I'm bloody well, thanks. Yeah, Yo, you took your hat off. AKA two frogs in a sock. Yeah. Luke Moore and Pete Donaldson. We're getting funky. I've taken my hat off because there's a frog in it. <laughs> How you doing? I'm all right. Same as <clears> same <throat> as uh, I was before, really. I guess. How's um how's things? What's new? Um, well, technically, I'm still in Japan. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, you're in Japan at the moment, aren't <laughs> yeah, you? What's I'm it like? Time. Oh, I'm eating raw chicken every day yeah. uh, in izakayas and uh, ordering over ordering food. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Usual stuff. Usual, usual <clears throat> nonsense. Um, welcome, if you are listening in for the first time. It's mad that you've started at episode 112, but good on you. God bless you. You're very welcome. God bless you. Whatever your backstory. Um, uh, I'm Luke Moore. This is Pete Donson, of mm. course. I wanted to talk a little bit about something I discovered a couple of weeks ago, I think, and I promised people listening that I would maybe mention it. Mm. <clears throat> and um, it's about this lake, right, called Rupkund. Oh, uh, it's a glacial lake in um, northern India, uh, right up in the sort of Himal- Himalayas. Really, it's about sixteen thousand feet above mm. sea level. So you're going to need to really want to go there. I don't think you're going to. Go- <laughs> you're not going to sort of stumble upon it no. on the way back from the pub or whatever. And it's a really sort of um, shallow, uh, green tinted lake. Normally, sort of covered by snow, and, and occasionally people who go past it are just mountain climbers or trekkers or whatever. Um, but in Atlas Obscura, which is I know is your uh, a website of your uh, your uh, choice. Not, not, not a shifty in a while. I used to read <laughs> right. it quite a lot when we started the Luton Picture because there's well, some great stories in there. Well, Atlas um, Obscure reported that this um, particular lake, Rupkund, is actually also full of human skeletons. Wow. Like, and, and it was, I think it took them a while to, to work out why that was the case um, because for a large part of the year, the, the lake is iced over anyway. Yeah. Um, and we're not talking about three skeletons. It's mm. like an absolutely full of them. Yeah. Um, and so um, they were discovered in the Second World War, I think. In the mid, I think some some British guy was was knocking about there, and he discovered them. Um, and th- it was assumed that these were people who were trying to um, sneak into India. Japanese soldiers trying to sneak into India, right? But eventually, just just peril, just just died, perished. Yeah. perished. Um, but there's about two hundred of them. And in two, but in two thousand and four, there was another study done. They were dated back to about 850, the year 850. And it turns out that um, they were all killed by a ridiculous hailstorm. <laughs> How about that? That's amazing. What? Yeah. Where, where were they? They were near... So I think they were, I don't know, just, just knocking about as they got caught in a... Uh, they were, I guess, a tribe of people knocking about, got right. caught in a big hailstone, a storm. And when they studied their skeletons, there were just massive holes, holes in, in like, their the skulls and wow. shoulders and stuff. And they just got, just got wiped out. And it's not, it's not actually that uncommon. Apparently, 
um, oh, not that long ago, two animals in a zoo in Colorado were killed by giant hail. Mm. Um, well, it can they, be really some dangerous. Them, some of them don't mess around, like you know, smashing car windows and stuff like mm. that, and uh, plain nose cones as well. Like right. If, if they fly through like a hailstorm, like it, it almost inverts it. So if you Google like um, hailstorm and, and 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 plane, they really can do some bloody damage. Yeah. Apparently, India is notorious for it. It holds the record for the deadliest hailstorm, which in 1888 killed 246 people. And an estimated 24 people per year, on average, are injured or killed in the US alone. I was uh, I was talking to a mate while I was in uh, Zimbabwe, who I was working with, Dan, a really good bloke, and he um, he's married to an Indian uh, woman, and he I think her father passed away while they were um, out there, or maybe uh, he was sort of visiting for that very reason. Um, <clears throat> and obviously, like back in the day, they used to just throw the bodies in the Ganges, right? Um, and now there's a ru- there's basically a rule on public transport in uh, India in uh, Calcutta I think it is or Kolkata um, that you're not allowed to transport dead bodies or because right. basically because of like the, the the way they sort of um, d- deal with things over there like they 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 lie in state for a little while I think and then it's a race against time and a race against all the bodies just sort of breaking down right. to get it to, <clears> so, to to get it to the what is now the furnace they used to, be able to just throw the bodies at the Ganges you're not allowed to do that anymore yeah. you have to be cremated first and then uh, so you then are the literally and I, and I was like oh so are you just um, are you, so how does this happen then so so what is, do you pay someone to, to do it he's like well you can do yeah but mainly just people just do it themselves they just drive these you can hire out these um, kind of they're not quite hearses they're just like big cars yeah. and just put the dead bodies in but you have to physically yourself push the 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 body of your your family member into the, into yeah. the furnace and in, right. in some parts which huh. is, which is fascinating like the, the, just um, fascinating the, but it's so sort of weird that they, it sort of makes me think about the culture of handing over your your someone who is very much alive and someone you loved and someone you cared about yeah uh, now they stop breathing don't want to touch that gross it's weird isn't someone it? else deal with that yeah because you wouldn't think twice about touching your family member when they're alive yeah well yeah <laughs> depends it's, where it's, I suppose. Tra- it sort of happened when my grandmother passed away mm. it was very sad she'd been ill for some time so it was it wasn't unexpected no but it was really difficult and and when I drove down to the hospital where she was, mm. um, down the south coast, I had to drive from London. And my mum sort of gave me the call and said, look, you need to come down. So I drove down. When I got to um, the hospital, <clears throat> I couldn't find anywhere to park the car. Yeah. All the car park was completely full. Um, and eventually I just, I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to have to leave the car anywhere. I just left it yeah. on the side of the road. Yeah. I thought if I get a fine, I'll, yeah, whatever, I'll just pay it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't actually get one, which is fine. But um, I, I rushed in to the hospital, and um, what happened at this hospital? I don't know if it happens generally, but what happens is um, when it becomes clear that an elderly person is going to pass away in the hospital, right. they move them to sort of like a quiet room so the uh, family can go in there. So you're not in a big ward. So it's it's more a bit more private. So <clears throat> we went in there, and I was rushing around trying to find it. Um, and my mum and my grandfather were in the same in the room already. Right. And when I got there, um, she had just died. She just passed away, so right. I, mi- I missed her. I mean, she was unconscious anyway, so yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. it's not a big a big a big change, I suppose. But I have to be honest. When I leant over and ki- gave her a kiss and said goodbye to her and everything, and, and left my granddad to to do his grieving on his own for a while, it did feel automatically strange that mm. she was no longer there. Yeah, because this is a woman that I had you know cu- hugged and kissed. Um, you know, I was I was thirty four at the time or thirty three or something. Mm. So. She'd been there all my life, but mm. it did feel differently instantly. Yeah, and she had probably died a couple of minutes before. Yeah, uh, and so 
it's strange how that affects you and, and the, that affects the human condition to such an extent, as you rightly say and rightly point out, that as soon as someone's no longer there, the shell's just left behind. Mm. It feels different. Very, very odd. Um, but yeah, so that that was that was strange. Um, um, a lot of us are new, um, were new enough to, to go to um, support some close some, some guys who who were closer friends to him than me, um, <clears throat> who who was um, murdered actually, um, or, or certainly uh, he was hit with a, something and died. Um, he just seeing thinking about him, like them carrying the the, the, the coffin through the, through the church. Yeah, like he's in that box. Yeah. It's strange. He's, don't in you think... fu- he's in that fucking box. Like it's so weird. But like... the human, the human ability to have—I don't know if cognitive dissonance is the right term—but the, the the detachment between mm. you not physically being able to see something mm. yet knowing it's there does, for some reason, give you this detachment. Like, for example, if from from a really innocuous example, right? If you know that when you're a kid that your parents are arguing, mm. right? the most normal thing you would probably do is go to a different room or go yeah. out or leave. Now, you know that argument's still happening. Yeah. You might even feel hugely uncomfortable about it, but it makes it feel better not to be there. Yeah. And it's the same with um, with stuff like that. I've, I've been to, obviously, funerals of family members and, and you know, sadly, and friends as well. And you know they're in the box, but it, it, you don't really think about it no. because there's a box surrounding them. If they were just there, lying there. So, for example, like imagine if it was a... Um, like a Mongolian sky burial where they take the body out on a stretcher, mm. leave it in the, the mountains and let the animals come down and take it. Mm. That would be infinitely more horrific to our culture yeah. than what we do. Are the ones where they just dress them up and then they dig them up a little while later yeah. and, and redress them with new clothes yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I've, al- I've always found that the sort of, I think it's predominantly a Catholic thing in Ireland. Um, Danny Kelly, who I do a show with every week, um, you know, you know, Danny, great, great broadcaster. He he talked a bit about his, I think his father. Um, I think it's his father. I hope I'm not getting that wrong. Uh, and they they have the coffin open in like yeah. the living room, open casket, and yeah. And everyone comes around for stuff, a beer, yeah. yeah, and put stuffs things in the coffin, yeah, and to, to send him off on his way. It's like um, oh, who's that um punk guy we talked? Gigi Allen. Slightly, slightly different. Yeah, slightly more slightly. disrespectful. <laughs> but apparently, it's what he would have wanted. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, that's enough of death. Well, isn't it, Pete? But it depends on the emails, I guess. But it's, it? Yeah, but it stalks <laughs> us all. So why don't we take a breath, take a bit of time to recompose ourselves and come back after this. All right, then. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The problem appears to be that we haven't got our photo ID to try and travel to Scotland, which, as far as I can remember, was in the British Isles. What can we do? We're utterly hamstrung by these thick-headed people wearing orange suits. I'll tell you what, he won't be missed. Posh people getting angry. <laughs> Injected into my veins. <laughs> it sustains me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that, uh, um, that man's anger. I'm going to save a few coins by flying easy jets, and yeah. I'm upset at their level of yeah. uh, service. That man's anger. Is actually my spirit animal. Yeah, yeah, I can take yeah. that all day. Wouldn't apparently, apparently, spirit animal is um, uh, cultural appropriation. We shouldn't be using that anymore, apparently. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I swear, I, no, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm finding it hard to keep on that top. Yeah, that's PC gone mad. You guys say in these days. I'm 37. I yeah. say just for you know, I can say what I want. I should be allowed to walk down a fucking high street in an Indian head, headdress, a Native yeah. American headdress. Slap a girl in the ass. Yeah, whether she's Native American or not. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. I mean, you wouldn't find a huge amount of Native American women walking down the Holloway Road. Um, well, let's store. test it out. Who knows? Let's Look, we're only around the corner. Let's do one of those surveys that you have to do at, at junior school. Is anyone Native American? There were 42 red cars, <laughs> three blue cars, five yellow vans, and 12 Native American women. Did you ever have... Of varying ranks. Did you ever have um, one of the... We used to go on a field trip and get one of those little squares and see what was in the square. Yes. A random. Of course, what yeah. What was that about? It's just kind of like, oh, in my there's, mind, a, there's, a, there's a caterpillar in this one. In my mind, my junior school time was about 20% playing football in the playground. Yeah. 20% walking around with one of those wheel things on a stick. Oh, the trundle wheel. Yeah. yeah. 20% click, um, click, click, click. square to dig out little worms and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. How many is that? 60. 20% assembly and prayers and 20% um, being confused by women. <laughs> oh. and by women I mean girls of my age um, I was going to say memes. something else to you Peter oh yeah right. so we're talking about um, spirit animals or whatever it is demons yeah. to use um, Philip Pullman pardon. El Diablo yeah would it be good would you Would you? if someone said look um, I don't know how this would happen I'm just trying to work it out say the universe suddenly changed and we were we were, we were have you read any of the Philip Pullman no right okay so in the Philip Pullman um, Northern Lights trilogy each human being's soul is on the outside of their body. It takes the form of an animal. And when you um, ascend into adulthood, right. the animal changes and it's almost like a reflection of your personality and mm. it never changes after that. So yeah. when, our age now, you'd have a, an animal, a spirit animal that would reflect your, your personality. Given. But when, but when you're a kid, it changes, um, it changes all the time. Yeah. Right? So depending on your mood and how anxious you are. Oh, nice. Would you like to adopt that kind of universe and would you like to have that? What is, can I can I see the other animals? Yeah, though? it follows you wherever you go. Everyone fucking can see everyone, yes, and you can talk to it. Definitely. It's got a name, but definitely. if you get separated from it, it becomes very painful and can cause death. Oh, that's how it works. 
Well, I'd want like a slow creature, wouldn't I? Like what would yours be? A tortoise. A tortoise? That'd be terrible. Why would that be terrible? That's the worst decision. No, but... but I, you have to if, keep carrying it everywhere. No, I'd wear it on the back like a shell. <laughs> <laughs> like a Ninja Turtle Would well, you not want a gibbon? Because the gibbon would run away. It can't. It? it can't. I've just told you. It can't you, be separated. Well, how can it, you just said... Yeah, you said it can't be separated because it causes death. Well, truly, at some point, it'll get separated and then you die. Doesn't happen. It follows you everywhere. Well, fine. I'll have a fucking gibbon then. Thank it good. would be brilliant. I knew you were going to say gibbon at the start of this. <laughs> and I will not be satisfied until you settle on it. There was a media company that started using gibbons as their uh, like a, a audio company um, that do audio right. books. Right. It's, it's audible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they've started using gibbons as I think. And I, I'm like, guys, I've been across this for years. More gibbons in advertising. They are inherently hilarious looking. I, I when you do this sort of job where you all your stuff's out in public, mm. I do get. Um, you get a little bit more, not upset, but like annoyed about people saying stuff that you think. And I saw um, the most ridiculous example of this recently is, um, you know, the comic Ramesh Ranganathan. Yes. Who I quite like. I've got no beef with him. Mm. I saw someone retweet a tweet of his into my timeline the other day saying, um, pour some sugar on me by Def Leppard is a banger. And my first instinct was, I've been saying that for years. Where have you got that from, Ranganathan? That's outrageous. <laughs> I think so, it's a very sexist song. Well, yeah. There's a bit in Bon but it Jovi's is a In My Arms. Bon Jovi's In My Arms. Um, he goes... Uh, in These Arms, I believe. In These Arms? Yeah. In These Arms. Yeah. Into My Arms. That's that one. Yeah, that's you know that one? That, yeah, that's that banger. Yeah. Um, John Bon Jovi did, did that. That's John Bon Jovi, that, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes... Um, uh, you're, he's, he's talking about how much he loves there, wants the banger and stuff. And then he goes, um, my room still smells like your cheap perfume. Yeah. Bit rude. Yeah, a little bit. So he's saying, what he's saying is, you wear, you wear substandard fragrance, yeah. but I still want you. I love you. And that's I love. I need you. I never need you. But you do have cheap perfume, so yeah. raise your game. Do you, um, Next time you go through an airport, love. Are you a fan of, are you a fan of that Twitter love. trope of girls misspelling the word cologne? Oh, co- colon. And saying it, spelling it colon. Nice. I love the smell of my dad's colon. Yeah, say, yeah. saying like, oh... That's, this reminds me of my dad's colon. It's, all, it's awful when he leaves and you can still smell his colon on your fingers. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Anyway, oh, at some point in the past, Peter, we promised uh, the listeners <laughs> some emails. So I'm going to open with this one and I think it's going to be right up your street, mate. All right, mate. It's from Ben. It's yeah. from Ben and he's, he's been right up your code on this. Right, let me call on. He says, Dear Luke and Pete, says Ben, uh, among very important office-based chat, I recall a memory of Weetabix once promoting their breakfast cereal through cartoon characters based on skinheads. Yes, they were. They were skinheads, weren't they? Yeah. Um, what the fuck possessed them? I didn't. I wasn't sure that kids love skinheads, but I guess we'll never know. <laughs> it was a very 80s so thing, wasn't it? I found a blo- I found a blog post about this. Scar was big. Yeah, and and it's a load of Weetabix. So you can imagine a Weetabix. Um, yeah, I remember they had little glasses on, and um, they had like uh, braces, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, I'm talking to the listeners, Pete. Sorry. Yeah. Um, a a Weetabix biscuit. Um, yeah. What would you say vertically? Vertically, so yeah. it looks like a skinhead with clothes on, basically, yeah. but dressed as skinheads. Do you know? Actually, what... one of them did have braces, but did the braces go to halfway up its body, which doesn't make any sense because it doesn't have any shoulders, does it? If you made, if you drew a face and a weight of it, would it go yeah. over the, the top? Bra- of no, the head? braces go. They're over... basically SpongeBob SquarePants, but back in the eighties, they go around the body. See, the so they've given them, they've given them, they've given them shoulders. Yeah. That's inaccurate. Yeah, it is. Weetabix yeah. do not have shoulders. That is false advertising. They are not skinheads. Are they good skinheads or the or the positive uh, left-wing ones? Well, I don't know, Pete. I don't know. Do I, they, I, do they I found a blog post and I'm going to read to you. Um, booting a, an immigrant to death No, I don't think that would happen. No. 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 Right. Um, <laughs> as far as I know, uh, 
full of dietary fiber, but fuck me, they are horrible. Apparently, they were called Brian, Brains, Dunk, Crunch, and Bixie. Bixie! Brian and Brains. That's like a confusing pair of names, isn't it? <laughs> um, apparently, they chased vom- uh, vampire hunger pangs, punched holes in boring toast, and did keep fit on kitchen utensil assault courses all over an infectious knees-up scar soundtrack. Nice. Dunk was the de facto leader who got to say, if you know what's good for you, in a Cockney bother boy accent, while Brains was basically Ian Jury, Crunch sounded like an East End gangster, <laughs> Bixie was a brummy girl for some reason, and Brian was the slapstick dunce of the gang, right. bumping into things and squawking, okay, like a parrot. <laughs> um, them having a go at Toss, that's a bit fucking rich, isn't it? For being boring. So, uh, yeah. It's we- you are Weetabix. Given that the Weetabix's, essential, Weetabix's role is that you have to chuck a load of stuff with it to make it edible. Edible, yeah. 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 Milk and uh, sometimes sugar. And, and also, with Weetabix, one thing they've also done the shit, and don't think I haven't noticed this, they used to have a marketing campaign, so I bet you can't eat... Oh, no, that was shredded wheat. Ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't make the shredded wheat point anyway. The shredded wheat point and the, and is, is that the I'm marketing... I'm going to make the shredded wheat point anyway. If I took, if I didn't know you at all and took a look at your f- picture, I'd go, yeah, he's going to make a point about shredded wheat. You you're, a like wheaty, a shredded wheat. You're, you're a wheaty man. <laughs> so the shredded wheat selling point and the big marketing spiel used to be, I bet you can't eat three. I yeah. don't say that anymore because they are fucking tiny now. Have they made them smaller? Yeah, of course they have. Oh, are you not confusing? They've gone the way of the Snickers. Are you not confusing them with the little baby ones? No. No? No, yeah. that, that's they're, they're what they call, they're called bite size, aren't they, or something like that. Why don't they make mega ones and sort of go, hey, do you remember the 80s when they were big? I should admitting do. that they've made them small. And charge extra. And charge extra ah, for it, yeah. yeah. Excel. You happy now, capitalism? Yeah. Um, do you want me to do another email or you're going to do one? I'm enjoying your emails, to be honest, but I have got a couple if you want. Uh, shall I do one while you're finding yours? All right, then, baby. This is from. Oh, I can't find out who it's from. Yeah, uh, I'll wanker. find that out in a minute. What a wanker. Um, I've, I've called it more info from Space Pen Man. Okay. Um, for some reason, I think he might be called Kieran. but um... No, Kieran Astronaut. It uses full name. Kieran Astronaut, yeah. yeah. He says, Ethan Chaps, thank you for reading out my space pen email. I was well chuffed it made it on the show. Do you remember he was the guy whose dad brought home a pen from NASA? Yes. Um, he says, um, I've got a pair of alkalisks in my remote. Alkalisks. Yeah. That's nice. That sounds yeah. like uh, some kind of energy cell from space. You don't see them every day. Secondly, you mentioned about the Russians using pencils. It's both true and false. Mm. Both NASA and the Russian space agency uh, originally used pencils in space but they were deemed too dangerous. Um, the lead, graphite, and the pencil could break off and cause havoc if it got into any of the machinery. Because of this, both NASA and the Soviets used specially designed space pens. They're different to a normal pen as they don't use gravity to apply ink to the pen's ballpoint. The ink is pressurized inside the pen. Ah, oh, that's why it works. Yeah. Bonus stationary and space information. The Apollo 11 moon lander was stuck on the moon because the main launch switch had broken off. NASA had no idea what to do to get them back up into space until Buzz Aldrin realised his pen had a metal casing. He stuck it in the hole where the switch was, it completed the circuit, and off they went. Brilliant. P.S. I live next to Emily Moore Mast and I can confirm it's massive. Great. I love Emily Moore Mast. Pete's not bothered. A few people were fuming about the myth we talked about re-pencils in space. People were more annoyed with you, Pete, than me. Why? It's a bit insulting as they appear to be labouring under the impression that you should know better but I shouldn't. Um, <laughs> so it's a bit, a bit insulting for me to read that but anyway what, people what, were annoyed at you rather than me what What did I exactly get wrong that I just agreed with your that we could have used pencil because we said oh we're not sure if it's an apocryphal tale but mm. the, the Americans spent millions trying to develop a pen that worked in space 
and the Russians, uh, the Soviets as it was at the time, used a pencil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we said, oh, we think it's probably a myth. Mm. And then everyone was like, oh, yeah, nice one. Imagine a lot of graphite breaking off in space. That would be good, wouldn't it, et cetera. So, well, I mean, it should be sealed, shouldn't it? What if you, what if you spilled, you could, you could use the same reasoning for a bit of water because when you're in space, the water floats about and that could complete a circuit and fuck up the space station. Or taking a slash. That's salty. That is... Make it even worse. Even more of a conductor. That is shoppy. Yeah. Um, Mark. Mark Brennan. Um, hello, Mark. He uh, basically mentions... We were talking about Bullseye a little while ago. In one! That's black. <laughs> um, I remember reading about this. Do you remember that um, serial killer or, or certainly a murderer uh, was caught... Um, because the policeman was watching Bullseye. <laughs> he was on. Yes. It was a murderer on Bullseye. It wasn't quite as simple as that, though, was it? Wasn't it that he, he was on Bullseye before he committed the crime? Yeah. And they used it to as an identifit for John someone described him. Or John Cooper, who killed Gwenda and Peter Dixon on a Pembrokeshire coastal path in 1989, um, scrutinising a decades-old Bullseye show. Steve Wilkins realised that he had a that he had a piece of evidence that could nail a psychopath police had been hunting for years. So there we go. That's very nice. Yeah. The story I heard was that he, they were, he had been described, uh, and there was a there was a sort of an artist's impression of him. Yeah. And then they found out that he was on Bullseye, watched the video, and he was exactly like the artist's impression. I mean, I'm looking at it there. It's it's stunning, really. Yeah. It looks. It? Look at that. Yeah. Isn't it looks exactly stunning? like him. Yeah. yeah. Um, host Jim Bourne chatted with Cooper and the other contestants before the game started. Um, uh, it was Cooper, bald as brass, smiling and joking on national television, having almost certainly murdered two people in cold blood, he says. Wow. Wow. That guy's, I think he's in jail for life, that guy. You've, you've got an unusual hobby job. <laughs> Here was one of the quotes from uh, from uh, Jim Boyne. You've got an unusual hobby, John, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Where are you really yeah, from? Murdering people. <laughs> yeah. He said, uh, Scoo- scuba diving. I like scuba diving. Is that what he said? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Murdering fishes. What about this from someone also called Mark? He says, Mark. We'll squeeze this one in before we go. Right. He says, my dad is a chemist and he's the dictionary definition of a mad scientist. (laughs) Our weekend visits were often spent running around his lab when he had to pop into work for five minutes, probably causing all kinds of mayhem. Remember at school when you would make those blue crystals from a solution? Yes. They would be about the size of a pea. My dad thought it was fun and then made one the size of a football just because, <laughs> just because he had unlimited access to all the chemicals. What a dad. Why, why have you run out of um, whatever it was? Listen to this. Being off his rocker, he wanted to make a degreaser to clean his motorbike chain. Mm. Rather than buy one, he thought he could make a better one. And in doing so, according to him, he didn't quite get it right and accidentally made napalm. <laughs> wow. The way he came out with it was no more than a whoops, like you just put sugar in the tea with someone who asked for it without. This was followed up with, I'll sort this out, but just don't tell your mother. I've not I've no doubt he had the means and knowledge to dispose of it properly, but I'm pretty sure people go on watch lists for this stuff. <laughs> Both me and my brother listen to the pod and I'm sure he'll be nodding his head through this if it's read out. Keep up the good work, Mark. Um has your dad ever done anything like that? How uh, is Stewie? Is he okay? He's alright, not really to him. He's You keep uh, saying that, I need you to get in touch with him more. Oh well, he's alright, he's fine, he's just doing his thing. He's doing his thing. He said he's, every time I go away, he goes, Be careful, son. And I was yeah. like 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 I'm not the one causing the trouble. Yeah. <laughs> You, well, yeah, you, you both are. You cause the trouble by day and he causes it by night. <laughs> I'm taking my dad to um, Imperial War Museum Duxford this weekend. Nice. Is Duxford the one with the planes? Yeah. Yeah. It's well, maybe it's maybe it's not been destroyed as rumoured. Yeah. Now, that maybe was the, the Haviland factory. It's not the same. Okay. Right. And this was also 70 years ago, Pete. I went to um, a Pensacola um, Army Museum. Um, oh, yeah. Well, rather, Navy Museum. And uh, oh, some of the planes in there. 
incredible. And they had like an old um, World War II pilot um, um, sending us around and sort of talking about his. The, the, actually, he he discovered his own plane um, in the actual hangar. He basically this massive museum with like hundreds and hundreds of planes, and he was like, "I think I've flown that plane." Really? But not just that model of plane, the that exact actual plane. plane. So he looked up the log, his logbook that he had uh, back in his uh, shed or whatever, and he's like, well, that's that number. And he like, got a ladder. He <laughs> just looked at it, got wow. in the plane and went, oh, yeah, this is my plane. What was the story about that then? What do you how, mean? Did it become, how did it come to be up there? Well, I don't know. We finished the war and unscathed and uh, just and now, it's in a, now it's in the museum. And it just so happened that an employee of the museum flew that exact plane. That's brilliant. That's that good, is really isn't it? Good, that yeah. is like meeting an old friend. I suppose that my question there sort of implied that I thought that the pilots got to take the planes home when they finished with it. <laughs> You're going to finish with that? Are yeah. you finished with that? Yeah, fine. I mean, that's a that's a 747 transport plane. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. You'll occasionally see out in the sticks, like um, obviously rusting planes, but people who actually own, they just buy old planes and just get them transported and reassemble and just, they're just in their backyard. Fascinating. Thinking yeah. The, the, backyard, isn't it? When I was talking earlier in the week about that, um, the Haviland factory. I'd grow some fat gange in there. And the, <laughs> and the planes that they made there. <laughs> the planes they made there were the mosquito planes, which were the ones that were made of wood and they were really quick to make. Yeah. And they were the, the scourge of the, of the, of the Nazis. They, mm. they, they, they could churn them out so fast. They mm. were so reliable and so quick. Yeah. Um, and it was strategically really important um, for them to stop being made from the Germans' point of view. That's right. how it came about. Uh, but I'm taking them to Duxford. Um, we'll see what we'll see what it's like. Apparently, it's it's great. So I'm looking forward to it. I love the Imperial War Museum in South London. So mm. if it's anywhere near as good as that, I'll uh, I'll be I'll be very happy well, indeed. Well, hopefully we'll hear about it next week. I'm, I'm sure, sure we will. All right. Um, and I, I guess Pete, that's probably about as much time as we've got this week, uh, or this episode, I should say. Yeah. That's episode one one two of the Luke and Pete Show. If you'd like to get in touch. The email address is hello at lukeandpeetshow.com. We'd bloody love to hear from you. If you like the show, leave us a good review on iTunes. It helps others to find us. Mm. Uh, that's all from me and that man there. You didn't have any 112 facts? I know, I couldn't find anything. I'll try was and, it, was I'll... it Maureen 112? 112, you can dial as a phone number, I think. Yeah. I don't know what it's let's, for, though. I forgot to check. Let's, let's I'll be wait. back on form next time. <laughs>